0: My name is Steven, and I am joined once again by my partner in crime, an esteemed co-host and accredited author of studies of, uh, I don't know, Dave, what are you published in?
1: Pornography.
0: (laughs) Yep, there we go. So I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's
1: going on, Steven?
0: Dude, not too much, man. Not too much. Uh, we are back for a brand new episode of Bad History. A brand new, exciting episode, if I may be so bold. May I? <laughs> be so bold?
1: You have my permission.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome.
1: <laughs> so this week we are talking
0: about uh, lesser-known mythology, mythological events. Uh, we're kind of staying on this lesser-known streak, which I like. I like it. It's comfortable. It's like putting on... A really just kind of broken in, comfy pair of jeans.
1: No, it's like a brand new pair of jeans. What are you talking about? It's like if you were put
0: on. Exciting. If you ever put on a brand new pair of jeans, it's like it's awful. It's like it's like rubbing sandpaper against your whole area.
1: Yeah, that's what this is. There. This is
0: awful. This is horrible. This, this podcast so this is, is trash. So the truth finally comes out, huh? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we'll talk about this later. Uh, so that's what we're gonna be doing this week. But before we jump in to that bucket of syrup, Dave, I got to know, you got to tell me, how's your week been?
1: Uh, my week's been pretty good. I have been playing a shit ton of video games this week. Um, For one, I got ass into Super Meat Boy again. If you guys don't know what <laughs> Super Meat Boy is, Super Meat Boy is this fucking platformer indie game from like 2010 and I thought it was the best game of the year. It's fucking amazing. It's super fun. It's super hard. The soundtrack's awesome. It's hilarious. That it's the same guys who make um, Binding of Isaac Team meet and uh, it's so much fun. It's so challenging. I love it. I love it! And It's uh, 2010. Oh shit! Look at that. And um, aside from that, I completed Red Dead finally 100% all of it it's pain in the ass all the challenges <laughs> all the challenges um, I'm doing Undead Nightmare right now which is like the horror movie expansion which to be honest I think it's a better game than the original game uh, aside from that me and Kat have been reading uh, at night every nice. night before we fall asleep out loud to each other oh that's
0: adorable yeah and um, i guess
1: well like you know it like helps us get in the sleep mood we've been like trying to stay away from the phones before bedtime so um we you mm-hmm. know we're we're reading fellowship of the ring right now and mm-hmm. uh i'll like put on the soundtrack in the background while i'm reading and like doing voices and stuff it's like really fun it's a lot of fun to do um
0: you guys fucking gross me out
1: also, we cat. I don't know if I brought this up a while ago, but cat had never seen an episode of Futurama, so that's this, mind-boggling. It is I mind mean. mind-boggling because I think Futurama is like one of the greatest TV shows ever. So we finally finished this week the entire first run of the show before it got canceled. So like mm-hmm. the first four or five seasons, I'm not sure. And um, so, like, we got through all the the heartbreaking, like, the dog episode, and right. um, which I cried like a bitch. Oh my god, I cried during the dog episode. And then, like, Lila learning about her family. If you don't know what Futurama is, oh god, you need to go watch Futurama because it has it's like one of the funniest cartoons ever. But it also does On- this thing like Scrubs, where yeah, it like can turn yeah. real serious real quick and it's, make it's you like, feel man.
0: It's like if The Simpsons never got bad.
1: Yeah, that's oh, what Futurama is. Futurama is so much better than The Simpsons. Uh, that's all I've been up to this week. But Stephen, I gotta know: Have you watched any good movies, or read any good books, or played any good video games this week?
0: Yeah. So this week has been pretty, uh, you know, a pretty good. Uh, it's been pretty chill. I've been taking it pretty easy. Uh, I've been. I finished season four of House of Cards. Which is something I've been kind of slowly but steadily working on. I
1: have yet uh, to watch an episode of that show. Oh, it's
0: so good. <laughs> it's, it's such a good show. Uh, it's really, really good, and I really like it, and it's super topical. And I'm teaching government right now, student teaching government, and it's so fucking hard to not drop spoilers Yeah. D- when I'm teaching government because it's like everything's relatable, but that's another story. So I finished that really good. I started Daredevil Season 2.
1: Okay
0: holy shit dave
1: still haven't seen an episode of that i i might check it's, that out though because i heard punishers in season two and i fucking spe- love it's dave the punisher. listen
0: the best rendition of punisher like like, like okay no no not even that well, like, there hasn't not been a good, a good one yet so, But like. i mean oh uh, yeah it's true but i'm gonna say that's the best rendition of like an anti-hero and anything i've ever seen okay. all right dave so that was pretty much my weekend um we should we go ahead and kind of jump Head first into the history?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some obscure mythologies. Play the music, Just some Steven. obscure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Stephen. So, yes? As you know, um, I study African history, or I did when I studied history. Mm. Um, so I wanted to share a lesser-known African mythological story with you, and most people probably won't know it. Um, it's there, or a version, not there. <laughs> a version <laughs> of.
0: Cause Africa's a
1: continent, Dave, in yeah, case it's, you it's didn't one, know. This is just one specific tale from Africa about the underworld or Kalunga. Um, so it's an Angolan folk tale from the Ambundu people. And uh, modern day Angola, as you know, is in southern Africa. It's, uh, on the coast with the Atlantic Ocean. So, Kalunga is an abstract term for death, okay? Um, the person and the thing. So, like, you know, the Grim Reaper. The person's, oh, okay, got you, got you. The person's name is Kalunga Ngombe, the king of the dead. But also, Kalunga as a word also refers to water, the ocean, the sea. Angola mm-hmm. has a really interesting relationship with the sea. They rely on it for food and work and and life, but they're also really afraid of it. There's this huge mystery surrounding the ocean. It seems endless. It seems to go on forever. And also there's the context that I will talk about later on of slavery. These slave ships carry family away on the ocean and they never return. Right. Kalunga is Mm. also the name of the underworld in this context. Um, underworld being sort of just a umbrella term for non-living land of spirituality. Similar parallels can be made to Hades in Greek mythology, where Hades is Hades in Hades. Um, and the story about Kulunga that I want to talk to you guys about is the story of King Kitamba. So Kitamba was this powerful chief of the Kasanji kingdom. And one day one of his wives The Queen Muhongo She died And she was his favorite wife This was his queen Kitamba mourned And required his people also To go into mourning with him uh, From the Folk Tales of Angola work By Elie Chatlan, It says that Kitamba said No man shall do anything therein The young people shall not shout The women shall not pound No one shall speak in the village Kitamba was so sad that he claimed that he would not eat, drink, nor speak until Queen Muhongo was restored to him from the underworld, from Kalunga. Mm, and, dedication. And and this was, like, you know, unheard of. So the headmen of the village, the, like, group of leaders, they called in a Kimbanda. And a Kimbanda was a witch doctor. The Kimbanda heard the story and began to gather... Uh, herbs for a medicine. He had the king and all of his subjects wash themselves with the medicine. He then ordered that the headmen dig a grave in the fireplace of his dwelling. Then the Kimbanda told his wife to dress as if she was in mourning for him and to pour water on the fireplace where the grave was. The Kimbanda and his son then entered the grave and descended into Kalunga as the men filled in the grave. So they buried them alive and they entered the grave. And Mm -hmm. this kind of uh, trickery, this sort of cunning is very common in a lot of mythologies, especially African. So they're confusing death. They're trying to convince death that they're dead, right? They have a funeral ceremony for themselves where they bury themselves alive and all the people wash themselves with, this medicine that is seen as sort of like uh you know a funerary medicine and then his wife dresses in mourning and then his son and him the kimbanda the witch doctor they enter the grave and they descend into kalunga the underworld so the kimbanda and his son awoke upon a road leading into a village in the village they encountered the deceased queen muhongo the kimbanda approached her and told her that her husband had sent him to return her and that he wouldn't eat or drink or speak and neither could any of his subjects until she came back the dead queen claimed that she could not leave kalunga she was locked forever in the underworld and then suddenly a specter appeared to the group and this specter is, is really physically difficult to describe. The primary source I have is from the 1800s, and it's, of course, written down as a translation, as a verbal, you know, sort of tale from hundreds of years that has evolved and changed. Um, but the, the, the specter, uh, is sort of wraith-like and shadowy, but he's not necessarily threatening. And Queen Muhongo told the Kimbanda that this was Kalunga ngombe, the king of the underworld. She said that he is always consuming us, consuming us all. So this is the uh Ambundu people of Angola's interpretation of you know death, the grim Leaper, Hades, the boatman, the guardian of, you know, some kind of underworld. What his role is is not clear, but he you know, he's described as like this ghost-like figure, the shadowy wraith, uh, but he's not a bad guy, right? He's not a bad guy. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, so, while they're in this village in the underworld, in Kalunga, uh, Queen Mahongo points out another man in chains and he's wrapped in shadow. The Kimbanda claimed that it looked like the king, King Kitamba, who sent them down there. The queen then claimed it was her husband, and he did not have long to live due to his current conditions of mourning, not eating and drinking. Mm -hmm. And she said that this is him. He will appear here soon. He's sort of taking shape, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like a shadowy figure that will soon be the king. She warned that entering Kalunga is incredibly dangerous, and those who enter are not allowed to leave. And if they wanted to escape back to Living World, they weren't allowed to consume anything from Kalunga or tell anyone that they had reached the Underworld. And this was difficult because uh, the Kimbanda would have failed his mission. He wouldn't have been able to bring the queen back or even tell anyone that they contacted her. So in response, Queen Mohango gave to the Kimbanda one of the funerary bracelets that she was buried with. And she told the Kimbanda and his son to show it to the king, but not to say anything at all, not to speak about Kulunga, not to speak about Kulungungombe, or anything they had seen there or that they had even talked to her, just to present the bracelet. Meanwhile, back on earth, the Kimbanda's wife had been pouring water onto the grave every day like he had told her. And then one day, the earth split open under the fireplace where the grave was, and the Kimbanda and his son crawled out. They returned to the king and showed the bracelet. And he confirmed that it was the bracelet of his lost queen and lifted the mourning and, like, decided that that was it. He knew something was up and he knew that the Kimbanda couldn't talk about it, but that they had reached the queen and he had proof of it. So he just accepted it, right? So he lifted the mourning on... The village on the kingdom and everything started to slowly go back to what it was. And for his services, the kimbanda was given a few things. He was given a gun, a cow. Nice. And three slaves. This is like a strange formality that's really common in African folklore. Sort of the exchange. Um, and, and like it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's always brought up and like he wasn't working for free right and he was given a gun a cow and three slaves and now he's a slave owner (laughs) that's just the way it is okay um (laughs) i won't question it yeah that's just the way it is like a lot of people don't realize that slavery was a thing in africa for hundreds of years before you know europeans bought slaves or captured slaves or anything it's just a thing um it's the end of the, the story goes that a few years later the king finally died and traveled to Kalunga to be with his wife for the rest of eternity. So it's kinda got like a sad, happy ending. Um, I mean he he was doing his thing, you know. He was doing his thing. <laughs> um so there's some things about this story that I find really interesting that I want to talk about. Um one thing, and I mentioned it briefly before, is water water is the conduit in which they travel to kalunga angola is on the east coast or on the west coast of africa but on the coast of the atlantic ocean and the ambundu people who this story comes from they both used and feared the ocean water on the grave kept the gateway open to kalunga for the witch doctor it was like a portal And the road to the village, you know, one can draw similarities to other mythology, but this road sprung from the water, sort of like a river, to a Mm. village of the underworld. So, you know, you might make parallels and they might not be justified because we don't exactly know when these mythologies began because they weren't written down or anything. And it's all word of mouth. And of course, they things could influence themselves but they could also be completely different but it's just interesting that there's some similarities that this road sprung from water you know it might be ethnocentric of me but it, it seems a lot like other mythologies of like the river to the underworld you know the river sticks right. or, or whatever it is you know and I just found well, that and, an interesting similarity
0: well and I think um, I, I I agree with you I think it's it's interesting and I think it kind of two kind of two points i want to make about that is the first that a i think i think we're all human i mean we're all human and so i think it's natural that we kind of create these similar sort of uh i I mean i don't want to call it religions but like sort of
1: like yeah i'm not claiming that they're linked in any way but i think it's just interesting that like this notion of like a road of water to the underworld exists in so many different mythologies be it you know the river Styx or like the vikings sailing down the river in their longboats. do you know what i right. mean like it's no, just really sure, interesting sure. and and we're not sure. claiming that they're all the same or that they influence each other in any way but right no 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 yeah. for sure and,
0: and, and I, th- I think also it's important just in general to kind of make is that you know we as humans like to and this isn't me saying anything about you, but I think this is kind of in general. People oh, we like tend to do this. compare and contrast. And- we, we like to compare and contrast. We like to make connections that aren't necessarily there. Yeah, I'm not trying but, to uh, claim we like they're to. There. No, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying you are. I'm yeah. saying that's like in general with these sort of things, we like to do that, and we like to make comparisons and contrast and like contrast things, and you know draw conclusions that aren't necessarily there.
1: Yeah. Um, other interesting things to note about this story. Is the imagery of slavery, right? So in Kalunga, your specter appears in chains before you die and before you exist in Kalunga. You sort of form a body in Kalunga as you are dying and you're in change. And, and, and these chains sort of represent, um, potentially the development of this story throughout history, um, before it was written down by this author right so the slaves are taken away in chains on the ocean heading for the new world in europe in africa right they're taken by water on the ocean never return home again and they're expected dead so like this interesting parallel that the water is the gateway that you you go in chains to the new world. Do you know what I mean? The new world being the underworld or the new world, technically speaking. Right, for sure. So I thought that's a really interesting uh, like note about the nature of slavery in this mythology. Also, um, I thought another comparison to other mythologies, which is really interesting um, and doesn't have like any sort of, you know, direct uh, correlation at all or anything, but I just thought that it's interesting that these um these sort of characteristics of mythology are present is consumption the notion that eating food in kulunga will lock you eternally in the underworld this notion that eating sort of underworld food it's not unique to this story this appears many times in different depictions of the underworld all over the world especially from Bantu legends and mythology, which is way further away in Africa, different mythologies. But it's also really reminiscent if you're familiar with Greek mythology of Persephone being locked in Hades in the underworld for eating the pomegranate seeds. And it's an interesting comparison, but I wouldn't you know, it doesn't necessarily require borrowing from each other. You know, they may have interacted, but it's not, you know, I'm not trying to claim that these stories are connected in any way they're just sort of facets that are in both stories that I find interesting and then finally one thing i like to talk about about this story and this version that is sort of the standard version we have today is the idea of modernity so this mythology really shows the evolutionary nature of folklore so the story of kalunga and its uh you know its use were around before this specific tale, like this specific tale is the one that was heard by Western writers when they went to interview uh, in Angola, the Mbundu people, and they wanted to write it down, right? This happened in the 1800s, hundreds of years after, you know, these stories began. But the mythology was adapted and edited to reflect the nature of Angola at the time. You know slavery was becoming common throughout all of Africa and African history for the last hundred two hundred years. But at this time, the notion of the transatlantic slave trade, which is like this basis of the whole imagery of slavery and the water conduit to the other world is it 's still fresh in the minds of southern African peoples during this time also interesting I found was this mix of tradition and modernity. With the juxtaposition of the Kimbana, right? So you have this guy, this Kimbanda. He's the witch doctor. Old religion, old spirituality. And he represents tradition. But he's rewarded with a gun. That's one of the prices that he charges for his services. He gets a gun. A a mechanism of the modern world, right? What does he need that for? He's... A witch doctor he practices the traditional old ways and he lives in the spiritual past of africa and this shows the nature of a beginning sort of clash in african culture at this time between new and old between the new world and the old traditions of african spiritualism and religion but they're being faced with you know globalization and these new goods and new cultures and it shows that in some regard they can work together and it, it's just an interesting juxtaposition of the two, you know. The old right witch doctor gets a gun. <laughs> you know? He gets a <laughs> he gets a fucking gun. First, thanks for going to the underworld. Here's a gun. He's like, you couldn't have given me this before I went down to the fucking underworld. Yeah. Thanks. Here's something to go send more people down there. <laughs> yeah, right. With thanks so uh yeah that's the story of kalunga the underworld and kalunga and gombe very king of the dead and king uh kitamba and the story of all these k's i'm so sorry i know it's probably hard (laughs) for you guys but uh, it was hard for me for a while but just remember kalunga kalunga is the underworld kalunga and gombe is the king of the dead this is from angola uh king kitamba was the king and the Kimbanda was the witch doctor. so And Kimberly was his wife. And Kimberly was his wife. She was the pink ranger. And
0: they had a cat named Kevin.
1: Dude, Kevin the cat.
0: Who liked to kiss kangaroos. Uh,
1: that's all I got. That yeah, was bad, Steven. You should edit that out because you suck. But anyway, that's Probably. my story. All- <laughs> that's my mythology. So there you go. That
0: was dude good scrolls man That's that was not, that was very interesting i know like nothing about african history so every time i get to hear some more about it is is good
1: i try not to talk about it too much because i like to learn along with you listeners so when i do research i uh you know like try to but this this subject was like i have so many books on african mythology and like african religion and spiritualism and i just like was like let's do this i, I know a good one fucking underworld you know so there we go
0: dude no I thought it was I thought it was really good <clears throat> and very appropriate right on thanks a lot yeah um so <clears throat> one thing I think is interesting about yours and I'm using this as a transition piece into mine let's do it so, so, so uh, uh, bear with me uh so I think we like as human beings to create mythology around things that we don't understand in fact most mo- most mythological tales were created to explain things that we didn't understand yeah I mean definitely Death being the principal one of them. We we like to understand death. We like to understand what happens. I mean, still we have questions of what happens when we die. Um, religion is based around this idea. Yeah. So my story that I am a, we are about to jump into also tackles this same idea. Should we jump into my story? Yes, even play that music. All right, let's play that funky music. <laughs> All right, Dave. So the story that I'm going to be telling has to deal with this idea of explaining something that we just can't understand. Oh, yeah. Um, and my story comes from a very different place than your story. It comes from the Slavic – from Slavic paganism, and it is the story of Perun versus Veles. Cool. Let's and so, Dave – you might be asking, who are these guys? Perun Steven, and Veles. Well, I'm going to tell you.
1: Steven, who are these guys? Will you
0: tell me? Uh, I might if you give me a fucking chance to tell you, okay? Uh, so the, these are two gods that were that were uh I want to say worshiped, but worship isn't really the the right word when we're talking about paganism. And so they 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 can't they this comes from the Slavic paganism. Paganism is kind of this broad overarching term that we use to describe to describe people who worship many gods and usually describing uh, people living in Europe, so we can't really call paganism as being a central as being like its own religion, if that makes sense because because different people kind of had different belief systems yeah definitely so pagans living in Russia believe something very different from pagans living in Britain. But they're still technically considered pagans because they worship many gods or follow many gods. I think following is a better term to use than worshipping. Okay. They're recognizing. Recognizing gods, if that makes sense. Because I think worshipping kind of has this connotation of the same way that Christians worship God or uh, Muslims worship Allah or, you know – and so I would say I would kind of say recognize. And uh, the Slavs are a group of Indo-Europeans who are kind of characterized by their language. When we refer to Slavic people, we're referring to their language. Um, and the Slavs spread throughout Eastern and South Southeastern South and Central Europe, and into parts of Asia, and most notably around Russia. Really, we kind of think of Slavs as being Russian, and they kind of made up half of who the Russian people would eventually be. Before Christianity swept through Europe, through Europe, most people practiced paganism. They, they, they practiced this kind of worship or recognizing of many gods. And, uh, you know, we see this kind of throughout history with uh, Greeks and with Romans who Rome was Roman mythology or Roman religion was pretty much Greek religion. 2.0 but that's kind of a different story and we see it with Hinduism and things like that so when we refer to like I just said when we refer to paganism it's referring to looking and worshipping and recognizing many different gods um, so two of the gods that the slog people worshipped were um, were uh, Velas and Perun and so I kind of want to talk about before I get into their whole deal why we're talking about them now I want to uh, kind of talk about what they were and who they were and um, uh, Vilus was way kind of more complex than Perun was uh, Vilus is kind of described as being this and this is going to sound weird but bear with me uh, uh, described as being a wet and bearded man who's wet. associated yeah and this, this word kind of keeps popping up and it's I think it's more or less being used to describe kind of in tune with nature if that makes sense okay. um but but this this god is associated with cattle wealth the harvest music magic and trickery and but most notably he's associated with cattle and another thing that's that's important to note that's going to be talked about later here is that he's associated with the underworld and with Ooh. dragons
1: oh my but god yes say,
0: yeah yeah oh yeah um but I have to say, when I say the underworld, it means something very, very different than what you just described in your story, Dave. Okay. So, the underworld, it's its its kind of interesting. So, the Slavic people viewed life as a giant tree. And okay. on the top of the tree, circling <laughs> above everybody was the god Perun, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. But uh, Vilas did not live on that tree. He lived away from it and below it and uh so that's kind of how he's associated with the underworld and it was thought that he could kind of resurrect people from the dead and have them kind of run errands for him so that's kind of why he's associated with the underworld but it's not the it's not he wasn't the only god that sent people or killed people you know what i mean he he did he killed people uh who betrayed oaths that they took um and who were dishonest but but he Perun killed people too. Okay, so it's it's a little bit different. Um, but he was one of the few gods. That was actually it's almost guaranteed who's worshipped by all Slavic people. It's some some reference to him is made in in almost all the Slavic texts we have found from different groups of, of Slavic people. Um, he's also mentioned several times in our best and really only like only slavic primary source and I use that with heavy quotations uh because it's the same way that we considered you know roman early roman primary sources primary sources yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but he it's it's called the primary chronicles and uh, i've actually got a copy of it i had to buy it for a russian history class it's really interesting a little dry sometimes but he's mentioned several times in that so that's vilas now i want to talk about Perun. Perun is much, much more straightforward. Uh, he is really associated with being the God of storms and lightning. That's nice. pretty much it. He's a God of storms and lightning. He kind of circles around. He's kind of associated almost being with an, as an Eagle associating, uh, kind of, uh, circling around this giant, this tree that, that the Slavic people believed kind of was life. And, um, so so uh was known as killing people who were oath breakers perun is known for killing people in battle so he would so if if someone was killed in battle it was perun taking their life that made sense okay um so this is the story of perun versus Vilus. so the story goes that Vilus could shapeshift and oftentimes he would like to take the form of a dragon or a serpent and so one day, Vilas decides to, to, to steal something from Perun. And there's kind of discrepancy of what Vilas actually steals. Some say it's his wife. Some say it's his daughter. Some say it's his son. Usually, it's his cattle. So Vilas steals Perun's we are just going to say cattle. And Perun gets really upset. And the reason that Vilas does this is to provoke Perun. And so Vilus then kind of attacks Perun, and the way it's described, this imagery that's given, is that that Vilus kind of slithers up out of the underworld and strikes at Perun at the top of the tree. And Perun pretty much just is like, "Lol, okay," and throws a giant lightning <laughs> bolt at Vilus. And Vilus is like, "Oh shit, bad idea," and decides to shapeshift into another animal or a human or into a tree. But, Vila, but Perun is not buying any of it. Smokes his ass and kills Veles. Damn. As Veles is dying, he releases whatever was stolen or was stolen from Perun, and this release is kind of takes the shape of water falling from the sky. You get where I'm going with this? I'm getting it's going. It's like a rain so, thing. Exactly. So let me, let me explain what this all actually means. Because it's a really short myth, but it, it goes back to this idea of explaining something that people don't understand. So this, so this is the Slavic story for explaining rain and storms. And kind of more specifically, it explains the changing of the seasons. So whenever it's really dry and windy... It's believes that Veles has just stolen Perun's possessions, and that it's chaos between the gods, and that there's, you know, there, there's a lot of animosity between the gods. And then when it starts storming, and there's lightning striking and thunder, that's Veles and Perun going at it and attacking each other. And then finally, during the wet season when all the rains kind of start to fall down, that's Veles being killed and releasing everything that he had stolen. But damn. Yeah, so this is this is the the Slavic people trying to explain the changing of the seasons, yeah. trying to explain the fact that you know in the summers it's you know typically very stormy and wet, and then it goes to being very dry, then it goes back to being very wet, and so. One thing to really note here is this is a, reoccur- a reoccurring thing. This is something it happens every single year that Valus steals something from Perun and Perun kind of smites him oh, and kills him. That old, that old Valus never learns. <laughs> he never learns. He keeps on doing it. And it's actually described as him shedding the skin of the serpent and being re- reborn as someone new. Huh. And yeah, so that's why he's kind of associated with being a serpent or a dragon. Um, and another thing to note, and you kind of mentioned this, Dave, and I'm really glad you did because I want to bring it up, is the fact that the Slavs didn't see didn't see uh, Vilas as being evil in any way. Yeah, he like you said, he was a guy who was just doing his job. Yeah, he's just doing
1: his job. He's got just a doing his job.
0: thing. Exactly, and his thing was to steal something from Perun. Yeah. But on top of that, and we can see this kind of, kind of again, later on, when Russia gets Christianized. So, Vladimir I of Russia is the one to kind of Christianize Russia. And afterwards, a lot of these pagan gods are kind of just translated into Christianity. Yeah. And Velas is, he's, he's transitioned to a few gods. One of them being Saint Nicholas. Mm-hmm because he's seen as the what? god of trickery. Exactly. Well, you and so about
1: Santa Claus.
0: Let's talk about Santa Claus because oh, he's, he's seen as the god of trickery but also kind of giving to people. And in the god of kind of, you know, giving giving to people, spreading the wealth around. So just kind of further indication that he was not really seen as an evil guy. The underworld, this idea of the underworld being very evil is kind of perpetuated by other religions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think most notably christianity and um you know in in some ways greek mythology and things like that but it's not it's it's very very different for other religions yeah for pa- paganism being very specific the god of the underworld it's something that just happened people died that just kind
1: of happens yeah um
0: so yes yeah, so that, that that's pretty much my story uh i found it very interesting yeah, i thought you know
1: I, that was a good I, fucking I, scroll Thank you very much. I found it very interesting, um, too.
0: Yeah, I think I think paganism is something not very well understood. And like I said, it's kind of all lumped together. But, you know, pagans living in Britain and pagans living in Russia believe two very different things. Yeah, no, def- so,
1: definitely. Pagan isn't like a religion. Pagan is like it's a not, description it's not a religion. of a religion. You it's know like, it's I
0: mean? like, I mean, it's pretty much saying polytheistic in
1: many yeah. ways. And, and like this may be like sort of um, condescending a little bit. But I, I kind of liked your story a lot because I drew parallels to, you know, when I was a kid and it was, like, storming outside. It's like, oh, the thunder is, like, you know, God's bowling alley or whatever. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. yeah. You, like, gotta strike the thunder with it. No, it's like exactly. these two fucking Slavic gods going to fucking war on each other.
0: No, for sure. And, I mean, I think that's, like, the whole point is that it's it's... You respond to things that you can see. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that you can hear and that you can feel. And so, no, I think it makes total sense. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so um, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought those were two very good stories that kind of show two different sides of the same coin. Yeah,
1: and, like, I uh, had never heard of yours in any way before. Had you heard of mine? No, not at so all. So they're under underappreciated underrepresented mythologies we did it yeah We high five dave all right ready all right high five that was like perfectly timed. yeah
0: <laughs> sweet um okay so
1: dave fuck do we have any idea what we're doing next week shit okay i actually have a, a... A listener one if you want if i can run it by you yeah run, I, run it by me i have no idea what it means <laughs>
0: okay but
1: somebody said do animals <laughs> and i said all right so we're doing animals next week Yeah,
0: fuck yeah we're doing animals fuck it whatever whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. that whatever. means if your story whatever. has an
1: animal in it do it yeah,
0: fuck yeah we're doing animals
1: whatever <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: yeah oh shit yeah so dude. That's uh let's awesome. put some
1: let's put some limitations on it, um, oh damn it <laughs> uh so I won't do Africa, so I won't do like ivory or anything like that, which is like way easy okay. you're not allowed to do the Middle ages, fair enough, um, and maybe we shouldn't do America, I don't know. Uh- uh, well, we'll
0: talk about it. We'll talk. We got we'll animals, talk. dude. We got, we got animals to fucking do next week. Animals.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know That's what I'm going to talk about? What? The fucking hellfish. World War II, baby. Yeah. Abraham Simpson, <laughs> the fucking hellfish and the tongue dean stealing all that Nazi art. <laughs> Let's do it. Shit, yeah, dude. Fucking next week on the Hellfish podcast. That's my mom's favorite episode of The Simpsons. Oh,
0: God. Is it really? Yep when <laughs> he stretches the skin of oh, abe's arm no
1: no it's oh. gross uh she likes it because like grandpa is badass in it but anyway i'm not oh, doing okay. that next week but next week we are doing animals so the, the animals episode the animals cast so stay tuned for that the,
0: the, the title episode is gonna be like i don't know whatever animals, animals. <laughs> you're welcome I maria animals,
1: i guess you're welcome maria <laughs> all right so oh, i guess Jesus. that wraps it up
0: all right um, shit all right well let's do some plugs real, real no. quick and we'll get out of here fuck um oh god okay so we are on uh itunes type in bad history you'll find us there leave us a rating re- rating and review you can subscribe to us so it ends up in your phone every time we post a new episode Don't. You, can leave, you can visit us at bad history com. i actually you know what? i'll save it i'll save it never mind never mind um so bad history podcast dot com. check us out there we're on twitter and facebook uh, we're
1: not even on facebook anymore we haven't updated it in like three weeks
0: well we're on twitter um we're on twitter at bad history cast facebook bad history podcast uh we're on on stitcher we're on several other directories i couldn't list them all here even if i wanted to also, uh,
1: I guess completely off topic, Monday is kind of dead. We're thinking about doing something with that, but I don't know, we haven't really worked listen, on it in a long time. So,
0: yeah, completely off topic, Monday was a nice little thought experiment, but yeah. we're I mean, it's not dead. We're going to rework it. We're going to have some kind of big announcements I think coming up here in the next few episodes that we're kind of ironing out. Yeah, no, I'm dead. He's been communicating from Kalunga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Yeah, Kalunga's Slowly consuming my soul, but I think Don't I got probably I probably anything. got about s- six or seven more episodes than me before that that's just that well's just done dried up, so uh, I
1: cannot wait for it to be over
0: <laughs> I know I know I know I, it's probably more painful for you than it is for me, and I just want to be perfectly clear it is very painful. he's got a tight, tight grip on there <laughs> on my soul that is anyway <laughs> that was should- like
1: on what? <laughs> Uh, should, should we should, <laughs> should we end the episode? End the episode. All right. Happy history and good scrolls. Everyone. We'll see you later, Play everybody. All Goodbye.